Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Well, hello, my beautiful monkeys and fellow travelers. What's going on? Today is Monday. It's the 28th of June, 2021, and you are with your old buddy, Uncle Silverback, here on the Armed Ape Podcast. Let's go ahead and do our contact info real quick. Now, you may notice that it is a little echoey. You may be hearing some of that. I am using the Leveler microphone and recording into the Zoom H5. I am at the place where we're staying up in Flagstaff. I'm still in Flagstaff, Arizona. So that's kind of what what our audio stuff will be. So you have to kind of forgive maybe some of the echoes. Also, this microphone is actually, it's surprisingly sensitive. Uh, I've tried to do some stuff going into the recorder to to kind of maybe knock down some of of the uh, ambient noise, I guess we could say. So you, but you may hear me Moving around on the couch, you may hear me turning the pages on this, that, and the other thing. I'm also going to try a deal where I will, I'm going to play um, some clips, but they'll be on the phone. So they may sound a little tinny, uh, but we'll see. I don't know. I think it will come out okay. Anyway, let's go ahead and get that contact info posted. I'd love to hear from you. And we'll explain a little bit more uh, later on here in just a second. I do have the voicemail and I also have the email where you can send stuff. So if you wanted to record your own audio or if you wanted to send a regular email, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. There is a voicemail. You are limited to three minutes on that. It's a Google voicemail, so it's free. And that is 206-745-2731. And I'll give this uh, information again at the end of the show. Over on the website, which is thearmedape.com, you'll find all my social media stuff. There's also a PayPal donation button. And if you ever feel so inclined, go ahead and click on that thing and follow the prompts. If you can't do that or don't want to do that, I would ask if you did want to maybe say, oh, I'd like, you know, how can I support you sort of otherwise? Go over to, uh, you know, on the website, which is thearmedape.com. Click on that YouTube button. It'll take you over to my channel and just click subscribe. Uh, and I would appreciate that. I know it takes a couple minutes out of your day to do it, but I would, I would definitely appreciate that. The numbers are going up and they're going up pretty steady. So uh, I wanted to say for you guys that have done that, thank you very much. So uh, on the last show, <clears throat> did you hear that? <laughs> my voice kind of gave out. On the last show, it was that marathon episode, and I uh, talked about a bunch of different things. One of the things that I said that I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to go in, into and probably do individual uh, 
reviews of each episode as, as opposed to doing a season at a time or maybe grouping three or four shows together per season and, and doing it that way. Um, it is a show, it's on Hulu, and it is called Mr. In-Between. So before we jump in with that, let's talk a little bit about kind of how I'm going to do these reviews. What I may try and do is get three or four of these released. Uh, if you look at the, at the individual seasons, and this isn't really a spoiler, it's been out there for anybody that wants to look at it, it looks like it's only going to be three seasons. Uh, I am about ready to finish up season two, and then I'll start season three. And I, I don't know if they got news that while they were in production that, oh, it's not going to be picked up so that they could kind of wrap up the show the way that they wanted to, or if it's just going to end. Um, and we'll talk, well, I guess now is a good enough time. So basically, Mr. Inbetween is about a guy who is a criminal. He's sort of an enforcer. He's a hitman. He, um, and, and we're, what we're doing is we're kind of getting, we sort of jump in with him at one point and we, we just sort of see kind of what he does and what's going on, that type of stuff. Now, the perspective, the majority of the time is we are with, uh, with the, the main character whose name is Ray and he's played by Scott Ryan. We're with him, but there are other times when we are with other people. Uh, so it's not like the only perspective we have is his. Um, Scott Ryan is a guy who I tried to find out some information on him. I couldn't find out a whole lot of stuff. I think he, uh, when he was maybe in his late 30s or so, he was at film school. He came up and had in 2005, he was able to, and I think maybe um, through doing some film festivals, through maybe through him of his, his film school stuff or something like that, he was able to get a feature film, which he wrote and directed and starred in, and he plays this same character. Now, what I don't know is, because I haven't seen it, and it's called The Magician. It was done, in two, like I said, in 2005. I don't know if it is a thing of oh, we're seeing this character, you know, these uh, 16 years later or whatever. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, or, or actually when it first started, it was 2018. So it would have been 13 years later. So I don't know if we're kind of picking up and it's just a jump in time forward or if it is a total sort of reimagining of the magician so that maybe the things in the magician in Mr. In-Between never really happened. And I, th I think that's probably it because the magician is supposed to be, there is a film student who is who somehow hooks up with this guy and kind of follows him around. Uh, it would put you in mind of, um, oh, there's a thing on Netflix which doesn't do it as, as, as good as, uh, as Man Bite Dog, or... Yeah, it's Man Bites Dog, which is a French film where you have this film crew that follows around this kind of hitman, assassin type guy. Uh, there's also a thing on Netflix called Dealer, and it's very similar in vein to that, to where you have this guy who is a drug dealer and kind of this gang member dude, and he's trying to get into the music business, and the, the record label that he's tentatively signed with has sent out these 
videographers and it's, they sort of get involved in all the nonsense and all this other type of stuff. So anyway, that's what The Magician is about. So I'm going to try and see if I can. I do still get the disc through Netflix, so I'm going to see if I can't get that going. I don't know if you can hear. I can hear on the headphones that I'm listening to. I can hear me kind of moving around and, and doing stuff. If I can, I'll edit some of the background noise out, but uh, hopefully it won't be too distracting. Anyway, let's go ahead. Um, well, let's, let's still keep talking about some of the background on Scott Ryan. From everything that I've seen, he's a, a, a good actor. He's decent. His stuff is very kind of low-key and subdued, uh, but he still can portray an emote. He... Doesn't I don't think he's really done a whole lot. I only kind of found one article, which was from back in 2018. And he, uh, once the magician was sort of out there, there was some buzz about doing this character sort of as a, uh, a series, kind of like what we have now. And he got a, uh, a deal, maybe like a, a thing where they're going to do um, like a production deal. That's not the right term that they use for it. But they were in uh, they were in talks about doing that, and so, uh, but it never it never seemed to pan out. There was also a couple other things that were in talks for feature movies, maybe for him to to be in or to star with, that again didn't really pan out. Time went on, and we flash forward up to around like maybe 2017. He at this point is like, well, you know, I I, I at least got the feature film, and I'm probably just going to have to go back and get a get a regular job. And my dreams of, um, you know, being in the entertainment business or the film business probably isn't going to work out. And so he uh, was, they're directed by Nash Edgerton, who is the brother of uh, Joel Edgerton, who uh, has been in a ton of movies. You can Google him. Uh, Anyway, uh, and this is Australian. I don't know if I mentioned all this stuff before. Um this stuff got kind of picked up. I would be very surprised if we don't see him doing maybe some more stuff in the future. Uh, I think that the guy, you know, I I don't know uh, if he'll be maybe in front of the camera. I could definitely see him. He's got the talent to be behind the camera, either as a writer or possibly even as a director. Uh, So we'll see on that. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's jump in. And did I talk about, I think I talked about how I wanted to do the shows. Um, I'm not, so so season one is seven episodes. I think season two is 11 and season three is eight. So I'm not going to do 26, in, you know, 26 weeks of Mr. In-Between. What I'll do is I will probably do per week, I will probably try and drop three or four shows, uh, and then we'll kind of we'll go from there. Uh, the, the episodes are short. This the particular episode is actually going to be kind of long. I would imagine that the, going forward, since we're just going to be dealing with the episodes, and maybe if we get any feedback or things like that, we'll go ahead to that. And I think, did I mention it already? With the feedback, since uh, normally with uh, how, I, how I do reviews, is I generally won't spoil all the way through. I will go up to a certain point, I'll stop and then say, hey, if you, you know, 
if you don't want to find, know how it ends, you know, go watch it and then come back and, and do that. But I'll give fair warning. So I'll give fair warning now. The way that I'm going to do these individual episodes, we will go through the episode in a linear fashion. So from, from start to finish, and I will be doing spoilers. Now, what I won't do because I have, like I said, I'm at the end at this, as of today's date, I'm at the end of season two. And I will only do spoilers on what you would see if you had watched that for on that individual episode. And so if it's later down the road and you want to send in feedback, uh, try and keep it to what we're going to be talking about. So let's say if I, if you had just listened to maybe episode five of the, the review of episode five, uh, five, excuse me, of Mr. In Between, and you know, we're going to be doing six, you can, uh, and, and stuff that I would play on that on episode six of the review of episode six, you can do spoilers for episode six, but don't go into episode seven. So I hope that all makes sense. Clear as mud, right? All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump in uh, with this episode. And this episode is 26 minutes long. It is uh, entitled The PP Guy. And it opens up and we see Ray. He It's at night. He's waiting on... Uh, a landing and it's it's a you know it's probably about 20 feet up and then it kind of goes up off camera and there's a, a low railing so you can tell he is a little bit uh he's kind of waiting around he's not too happy to be there this guy comes out and he kind of looks a little bit like a druggie um you know he's he's a little kind of a, a little twerky with his movements a little bit and so ray confronts him and says hey you were supposed to place the bet and you didn't do it. And uh, the guy that uh, that he's talking to, we find out here in just a couple seconds, his name is Matty, M-A-T-T-Y. And he is like, oh, you know, I did place it. Uh, and then, you know, they, they kind of go back and forth. Ray eventually gets on the phone and, well, there is a little bit, and I'll talk about this just because it does it does show a little bit of race character, and that's a, a a lot of what we're going to be talking about. So Ray says, "Well, Mick says you didn't do the bet," and then he was, and then Maddie goes, "He's a fucking liar," and he's like, "Careful, careful." I've you know I've known you know Mick for twenty years, and then Maddie kind of backs off a little bit, and he's like, "I did it. I swear to you, I did it," and so. Ray makes a phone call, and he's talking to somebody named Freddie. Freddie eventually gets on the phone with, well, before, before we talk about that. So the reason Ray is saying, like, be careful, be careful, is, again, it's sort of that criminal code of respect. You know, and so it's like, this guy, Maddie, is, is disrespecting a friend of Ray's, and Ray isn't going to, uh, going to tolerate that. Anyway, they get on the phone with this guy named Freddie. While on the phone, eventually, Maddie kind of confesses, yeah, I didn't do the bet. What happened was is I, I uh, met up with a mate, and he had some gear, and I just kind of forgot about it. Now, so gear, in case you don't know, is slang. It's more like in uh, probably Australia and England and things like that. They call gears drugs. I don't know if it's necessarily a particular kind of drug, uh, but I think it just can be any kind of drugs at all. We'll talk a little bit later about kind of who Freddie is. Freddie 
Well, like I said, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about that. Basically, you kind of hear bits and pieces of the conversation that's happening on the phone. Uh, you hear Freddie is like, all right, well, if you just admitted it, and then you see, you know, it's okay, don't worry about it this time, we'll kind of give you a pass. And you see Maddie's demeanor changes. He's That nervous energy is gone. He's kind of relaxing because he thinks he's been given a pass. And so Ray gets back on the phone with Freddie, and he's like, okay, yeah, all right, all right. And then he says, look, the next time Freddie tells you to do something, just do it. And he's like, okay, okay, I will. Thanks, mate, thanks. And then all of a sudden, Ray just pushes Maddie off. And Maddie takes like a, probably like a 20-foot drop. Bam! And it hits right on the ground. And he's not dead. You hear him kind of, ooh, ooh. Uh, but even though they're kind of giving him a pass, he still has to be punished for that. Um, so we cut to the next scene and we see way, excuse me, Ray wakes up. There we go. And we're seeing a little bit of kind of maybe what his daily routine might be. Um, he wakes up, he, you know, he showers up while he's in the shower and they, the only reason I mention that is because they do take the time to show this. Ray is in the shower, and it's sort of one of those kind of um, open showers where there's not a glass door, and there's a ladybug that's crawling on the soap dish, and he picks it up with his finger, and then he puts it, reaches out, kind of puts it on the towel rack, and I think that they're showing that to show that this guy isn't just going to see a bug and just instantly squash it. Uh, they're showing that... You know, even though this guy, what we've just seen is he's capable of violence, he's also capable of, of what would we say, uh, compassion, of a little bit of kindness, or of, uh, you know, he's, he's not a kind of person who is just going to randomly snuff everything out that he sees or, 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 you know, that type of thing. It cuts to the next scene. He is going to a, a, a looks like a probably like a strip club. It's called the Playhouse, and there we meet Freddie. And apparently, Ray has maybe done some job for Freddie. I had thought that originally, the very first time that I watched it, I thought, oh, Ray had maybe been in prison and he got out, and he's coming to Freddie saying, "Hey, you owe me some money," but I don't think that's what's happened. I think that Ray has done a job uh, maybe, you know, it, who knows how long ago in the past, and Freddie owes him money. And Freddie is played by, and this is a guy you would recognize from Justified, which is Damon Harriman. And he played Devil in Justified. Um, and Freddie owns, we, we come to find out, you know, eventually that Freddie owns this nightclub and that Ray kind of works at the club as sort of a, a bouncer or a doorman, uh, but that he also does jobs for Freddie. So Ray and Freddie are talking and they have, mm, I, I'd say they have a healthy respect. I, I would say of the two, probably Ray is the more dangerous person. But they're both criminals. They both operate in the underworld. And they're both capable 
of, of uh, violence. So anyway, Ray and Freddie get in a conversation and, they're, and Ray is saying, hey, you owe me some money. And then Freddie's like, oh, I've had a bad week. And then Ray's like, well, don't try and turn this around me. You're always having a bad week. You, it's basically your responsibility to get me my money. And so um, Freddie says, hey, there's this guy that owes me 10000 And if you go collect it, you can just keep the money. You know, that will all, all pay you off. Now, we, we never know what was the, the amount that was owed Ray. And then Ray says, all right, I'll do it. I'll keep that 10000 but you also owe me another 1000 And he's like, well, why do I owe you 1000 And he's like, well, I got to go get the money. I got to collect it. Basically, he's saying, I've got to work. You know, you're not just, I, I'm having to do extra stuff, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to be compensated. And Freddie's like, eh, all right. So as they're talking, this other guy comes in. Freddie calls him over and introduces this guy who Ray doesn't know. He said, hey, this is Nicky. He's basically working for me. Um, take him with you and, you know, go up and get this and to collect the money. Now we see also in this exchange, again, that Ray and... Ray and Freddie do not interact like like Freddie is Ray's 100% boss. And we'll see kind of this relationship, how it plays out later on in, in future episodes. Uh, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, but we'll, we'll, I guess what I should be saying is we'll be discussing kind of this and what is shown as the show goes on and where kind of that relationship goes and what we kind of think is happening. And like I said, I don't, I think probably in the criminal underworld, Freddie maybe has a little bit more status because he has a, he's a club owner. He's a guy that like Ray, it seems is more of kind of like a free agent. And also he's kind of an enforcer and an occasional hitman, that type of thing. Uh, anyway, Ray and Nikki are headed out and they're going to go get this, get this money. So, well, you know, there was another thing again, you know, I've watched the first episode a couple of times and when you go back and even though it's short when you, and, and partially because it is short is because they're kind of, it's moving at a good pace. And so some of the things that you observe on the first viewing, at least for me, I've noticed that, oh, I, I pick up on, on a second or even third viewing, I pick up on some, a lot of the subtleties. Uh, so like we were saying, Freddie uh, uh, and Ray have kind of this different relationship. Like I said, there's mutual respect. And again, both are criminals. It doesn't seem like really Freddie gets his hands dirty, so to speak, but he has other people that do stuff. Um, and like I said, when, when they meet Nikki, you can tell that Ray is not too happy that he's going to have to probably be involved with the new guy. And then he's also going to have to kind of do extra work to get his money, uh, but he's going to do it. Um, there is some tension between Ray and Freddie, and it's almost like, I was kind of thinking of this the, the the last time I watched it. It's almost like Freddie's reaction is some of that when Ray leaves, some of that tension kind of goes out of him. It's kind of like think of Freddie almost sort of like a 
oh, like an, uh, uh, like a big cat, like a, in the circus, like a, uh, uh, like a lion tamer or the guy that works with the, with the lions and tigers. And it's like, think of Ray as sort of like this lion. So the lion has kind of respect for the, the, the lion tamer and the lion tamer has respect, but also has some fear of the lion. And so you see a little bit that it's, it's almost like Ray has done the trick that he's supposed to have done, right? He's done the, he's performed and he's supposed to get like a steak or something to eat. And now the lion tamer is saying, ah, you got to do one more thing. So the lion kind of isn't too happy. It's like, what's, you know, this isn't going to be something that's going to be a habit, but does an additional trick and then is now going to get his stake, so to speak, in the form of the money. So cuts to the next scene. Ray and Nikki are driving. Ray is driving. They're going to go collect that money. Um, Nikki asks Ray, well, how long have you been working for Freddie? And Ray doesn't answer at all. And in fact, he asks Nikki, he's like, well, do you want to have a go at this guy? Meaning, do you, do you want to try and take the lead on collecting from this guy? Or do you want, basically, or do you want me to do it? Right? That All he says is, do you want to have a go? And the guy's like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Um, and so again, we're seeing that this Nikki person is new. And so the Nikki is wanting to uh, be able to collect the money and be able to do that, um, kind of sh- kind of show that he's got some worth. So um, I, I probably just heard the AC kick on. Uh, anyway, um, that's what that buzz is you're hearing in the background. So... Uh, Speaking of kind of parts of Ray's performance, and we'll see this as this episode goes on a little bit more, he does not, he's very, what do they call it, laconic, where he's definitely the silent type. Ray's physical characteristics, like I said, the actor at the time of the filming of this, of of series one or, or season one, is probably around 47, maybe 48. We don't really know. Um, but that's, and I think he's playing, he's supposed to be, his character is probably supposed to be in his 40s. I don't think his character maybe is supposed to be 47 or 48. I think his character is probably supposed to be maybe 42, 40, between 42 and 44, right around there. So he's somebody who's been around a while. So anyway, I kind of digress on that. But with, with Ray's like physical stature, and again, I couldn't, I don't know how big the actual actor is. I think when he has scenes, and it's, it's sometimes, you know, when he has scenes with, with Freddie, Damon uh, Harriman is, I'm not exactly how uh, big he is. Let me take a quick break here. All right, so I, a, a quick kind of aside here on uh, Damon Harriman. He is about, uh, he's reported to be about 5'7", and he was born in 1970. Um, so, uh, whoops, almost dropped the phone there. Anyway, so when you look at scenes uh, with Damon and uh, with Scott Ryan, 
Scott Ryan does not just tower over Damon. Um, so he is, I would think he's probably maybe 5'9", 5'10". So uh, Scott Ryan is not like this big, you know, huge imposing guy. What I wanted to do here, Ray and Nikki show up at this guy's, uh, the guy that owes them, ten, that owes Freddie 10000 They're there to get the money. The guy's name is Terry. Ray is kind of in the doorway. They, they go to where uh, Terry is working. They go into the guy's office and he's like, who are you? Nikki is real super heavy handed with him, kind of, you know, pulls the guy up, slams him on his desk, punches him a couple of times saying, you know, where's Freddie's money? Where's Freddie's money? And of course, you know, like all these guys are saying, I don't have it, but, you know, I can, I can get it for you. And then uh, you see Ray, it kind of flashes to him real quick. And I didn't notice this the first time, but it kind of flashes to Ray real quick. And you see his reaction to what Nikki is doing. And he's kind of like, you know, giving this like, what do you, you know, you can tell he doesn't approve. Terry is saying like, you know, and, uh, Nikki is threatening him more, and Terry's like, well, I've got a daughter. And then Ray kind of notices that he's, you know, still wearing a wedding ring, and he says, well, and actually, I'm going to try and play that clip now, and I'm going to, let's see if I can get this pulled up to where it was, and I will uh, see if it'll, if I can get it to work. So I wanted to play that clip just because, uh, and, and if you go back and you watch the show, you really see like Ray is completely in charge. 
And even though the other guy, Nikki, was beating up on Terry, you see that Terry is much more terrified of what Ray is capable of doing. Uh, and, and again, you see that with uh, very little um, effort on Ray's part. So what we're seeing there and what's that showing us is Ray, again, is he's, he's a career criminal. This isn't his first time of doing it. He understands kind of the game. He understands how to read people, all that, all that type of stuff. So, and well, I'm not, I won't say what I was going to say because that may spoil up some other stuff here later on. So we cut to the next scene. We see Ray's having a meal. Then we cut to another scene and Ray is at a dog park and he's got his dog and they're playing around. Another little dog comes running up. And then the owner of the dog that comes running up uh, is this uh, woman. She introduces herself as Allie and she would be what I consider to be uh, for the age of the character is age appropriate to Ray. It's not like she's 23 years old. I believe that the actress uh, at the time would probably be about 38 or 39. And again, if we're saying, oh, you know, Ray is maybe, uh, if, if he's supposed to be, you know, between probably 42 and 45, she would be, uh, you know, age appropriate for him, which I liked. I actually liked that quite a bit. So she, like I said, she introduces herself it's, it's a really neat little interaction that they have. You see sort of uh, that Ray is funny and he's also a bit charming. Um, but during the interaction, you can tell that Allie is sort of giving him maybe some openings to continue the conversation. And he just kind of is a little bit standoffish. And so she's like, well, okay, you know, I'll... I'll, I'll see you around or something. And prior in that conversation, I think she had said something like, oh yeah, we're here all the time. Uh, meaning her and her dog. So that scene ends. We cut to the next scene and Ray is at home and we're, we're sort of getting to see a little bit kind of like, um, you know, what does Ray do in his off time a little bit? So he's at home, he's playing some video games and he's kind of going about his evening and then he, he says to his dog, he goes, I had the perfect opportunity, mate. And what did I do? Nothing. And, you know, you can tell he's a little disappointed in himself that he, you know, maybe didn't pursue something when he had the chance. So we cut to the next scene and Ray is picking up his, uh, who we come to find out is his daughter. Uh... We see that there is, I wouldn't call it tension, but there is definitely, there is a thin veil of a civility. And I don't want you to, it's not like Ray is threatening. So he, he goes to pick up his daughter. His ex-wife is at his ex-wife's house and she has, she's remarried. And she's remarried uh, to a guy, you know, he comes up and he says, hi, you know, hi, Quentin, and hi, so-and-so, and his daughter comes out, and, and uh, but there's no small talk, there's no anything, um, you know, all he says is, you know, hey, Ray, and I think probably Ray's ex-wife, there's, like I said, it's a little bit of tension, it's, it's kind of like, again, 
Quentin, who is, who is the, 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 uh, the new husband, kind of in that scene, you kind of get, oh, maybe he, that the ex-wife has told him, oh, you know, Ray is kind of a violent guy and he's got, you know, can have a temper and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so anyway, he, he picks up his daughter and off they go. And it, but it, it's, yeah, I guess I've said enough. It, it's a subtle thing what they show. And again, because of the pacing and because of the style of writing, it's not like they're giving you all this dialogue and they're spending all this time. It's very quick little things that you see and you need to, and you kind of pick up on. So Ray goes over to um, who we eventually find out is his brother and his name is Bruce. And Bruce and Ray have like a real easy interaction. But when Bruce is talking, he almost sounds like he's has had a stroke or something has happened to him. He's, he has some kind of disease or disorder. And as they're talking and just kind of doing like, the, Oh, you know, what's been going on. And you know, Ray is kind of like, Oh, how's it going with the ladies? And then Bruce says he has M N D, which stands for, and I had to look it up, stands for motor neuron uh, disease. And what that is, and this is a little bit of an aside, but what that is, that it affects uh, the brain and the nerves. And again, it would put you in mind, uh, uh, the closest thing we would see kind of portrayed here a lot would be maybe like a stroke, vic stroke victim. And so it can affect the muscles, it can affect, and it, and it starts kind of on one side of the body, so similar to stroke. Um, and maybe that's what that is. I don't know, but I, I I think it actually it's not because when I when I went and did some uh, a little bit more research, uh, it does like I said, it does affect the brain and the nerves. It does get worse and worse over time. There is no known cure, and then once you have this, your lifespan is significantly decreased, and this will sort of play a part in upcoming episodes, but both, of course, I, I you know, Ray and of course, Bruce and, and everything uh, know this and are aware of that. Also, we see the interaction between Ray's daughter, who I didn't mention her name, uh, and her name is Brittany. And Brittany looks like she might be, oh, like Maori or something, or his wife might be, is, is might be Asian or something like that. Um, so she doesn't, she is, you know, she looks more kind of like Asian or Islander a little bit. And, um, you know, of course, Ray is white. So anyway, we see that when Brittany interacts with Bruce, that they have like a, you know, it's a good relationship. So it's not like, oh, this is the first time she's ever meeting him. And she does this little thing when anybody swears around her. She says like, you owe me a dollar. And there's some cute little interactions. So then we, we kind of go from that. We cut to the next scene where Ray is working the front door at the club. Nikki comes up and, uh, which is, it basically just means it's later kind of that same day. Cause Nikki comes up and he's, he gives him, gives Ray an envelope supposedly full of money. And then Nikki is kind of saying, oh, you know, I kind of came off heavy handed and I, I didn't really handle that probably the way that it should have. 
And then Ray's kind of like, ah, don't worry about it, mate. You know, nobody gets it right the first time. And, uh, and again, Ray would probably was just going to leave it at that. Um, but one of Ray's friends, a guy named, and they call him Gares, which is short for Gary, uh, comes up and he's like, oh, you know, and so he introduced them to Nikki and, and he's, uh, Gary's like, can I have a word with you? And Ray's like, yeah. And uh, Gary is married to this Russian lady named Tatiana, who is, I guess, kind of a um, real kind of like harsh, doesn't take a lot of nonsense, that type of stuff. So Gary explains to Ray, oh, Tatiana found this porno and I told, uh, you know, of mine, and I told her that it was yours and that you had left it at the house. And Ray's like, well, wh- like, why would I leave a porno at your house? It doesn't even make any sense. And he's like, look, I know, but you know, she was going to divorce me and I panicked and I said it was yours. So you need to come over and apologize to her. And, and I really owe it to you. And I'll owe you one if you do this, you know, please help me. And so Ray's like, you know, you can kind of see he's sort of amused a little bit by it, but he's also kind of like, it's like he's like, ah, this freaking guy again, you know, what, you know, what kind of nonsense is he's doing? But you, and, and you'll, again, their relationship will be expanded and, um, and, ex, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ex, expanded? No. Expounded? Is that the word? Upon, as the series go by, and we'll, and again, we'll talk more about that, much how we'll talk more about Ray and Freddie's relationship. Um, but this isn't, this really won't be a, a spoiler. We see, and I don't know, maybe, um, maybe to an, uh, an Australian audience, maybe the way that they talk to each other, you sort of see it would be more easily to pick up on. But I got the sense from watching it like, oh, these guys are, are friends. And from what we've seen earlier in this episode, Ray wouldn't do this if this guy was just kind of a casual acquaintance. Um, so anyway, they go over and, uh, over to Gary's house and we kind of meet Tatiana. She's in the kitchen. She's all mad. And and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, Gary said you found one of my DVDs and sorry about that. And, and then she, you know, takes it off, off, out of the kitchen countertop in a cupboard. And she's like, you know, why do you watch this Ray? Is this what you like? And she holds up the cover And on it, it says like golden showers. And she was like, is this the kind of thing you like? And you're like, this is why your wife divorced you, Ray. And then you can see he's kind of a little bit irritated by it. But he's like, yeah, you know, sorry. And then he's like, can I have a word with you outside to Gary? And Gary's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't get the sense that Ray is going to like be violent or beat him up. You get the sense that he's going to, you know, maybe kind of you know, uh, kind of the way friends can do kind of give, you know, give Gary the business a little bit about like, you know, you know, why do I, you know, why do you drag me into this, all this type of stuff. And anyway, as they're, as they're getting ready to walk out, uh, somebody comes out of the bathroom and comes into the living room and Gary says, Oh, this is Tatiana's brother. This is, you know, Vasily, my brother-in-law. And he's like, oh, you know, how you doing? And then Vasily looks at him and he goes, 
oh, is this the PP guy? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, you know, and then, you know, uh, Gary's trying to, you know, like, kind of hustle Ray out. So they finally go outside. And um, they, uh, they uh, Gary and, and Ray have a little bit of a conversation. And, and then there's some trash bins outside. And Ray is still holding the DVD. And you can tell he's a little irritated with Gary. But kind of in the way you'd be irritated with a friend. You know, it's not going to end the friendship or anything like that. So... Ray then takes it and chucks the, puts the, the DVD into the bin. And there's also, well, there, and again, uh, it, it, there's some funny lines to it. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get back, I'll circle around and come back to this stuff here in a little bit. Um, so Ray takes off. You can tell, like I said, he's kind of irritated. Um, so we cut to the next uh, scene. And we see Ray is kind of at the, at the dog park again with his dog and he's looking around and he sees this lady and he's looking and you can tell he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to see, oh, is that Allie? Is she coming back? And of course, it's not her. We cut to the next scene and Ray and Brittany, his daughter, are just walking down the street and she's, you know, talking about what's going on in the school. Just like, you know, and I, I think I forgot to mention, she is eight, I think about to turn nine. She's like eight or nine. I think she's eight, going to be nine. Um, and her birthday's coming up. And, you know, so she's, they're both got these ice creams. They're walking down the street. And, they're, and you know, she's just babbling. Uh, if you've ever had an eight-year-old little girl, how little girl's just, you know, pop, 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 pop. So she's just talking about And it. I thought it was some really maybe good writing or, um, you know, who knows, maybe that scene was even ad-libbed and they just, you know, told her, just talk about, you know, what's going on at your school or something like that. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but I, I thought that that, the scene of the two of them just walking around and how she's just, you know, chattering on it, it, it was real kind of true to life. So as they're walking down the street, there's these two kind of, uh, I don't know what you'd call like street thugs type guys. And they sort of purposely bump into, they purposely kind of bump into it, knocks her, her uh, ice cream cone to the ground. And then they have a little bit of a confrontation with Ray. And they're like, you know, what are you going to do about it? And of course, his daughter is, you know, his daughter's there and he's like, well, watch where you're going. And they're like, you know, and they, they you know, uh, call him a dickhead and all this other stuff. And then he's like, yeah, all right. And then, so Ray, like I talked about in the other show, Ray has kind of this maniacal smile, uh, especially sometimes when he's in confrontation. And when it, when he, when it looks like it's about ready to pop off, he has this kind of, uh, you know, the smile like he's like getting like, like the joy of getting ready to go into battle or it's this thing that maybe he's learned as a criminal. You know, I'm going to smile at you. I'm not afraid. You know, this is all right. This is what, you know, if this is going to go hands on, not only am I fine with it, I'm happy. And so they basically walk off and raise to Brittany. Ah, I'll get you another one. And then kind of a little bit of a callback. She's like, they owe me $4. And he's like, well, if I, you know, I'll, I'll make sure to get it off of him when I see him next. So he takes her back to the car. And uh, as they're going, so they, and you don't see this, but they go and then you, it, you see them kind of walking down the street again. And she's got another ice cream cone. So obviously they've went back to uh, the ice cream shop, got her another cone and they're coming back. 
And then Ray looks down as they're going to cross a street. Ray looks down kind of like a little side street area and he sees the two. And so he makes note of it. He takes Brittany to his car, puts her in there and says, oh, I'm going to go down to the news vendor. I'm going to get a newspaper. I'll be right back. You stay in here. He locks up the car. He goes back up. As he's walking down the street, they kind of see him. The two of them kind of see him. One of them is, starts to approach, and the other one is, has hung back, and he's maybe about five feet back. And as the first guy comes up, Ray just kicks him right in the balls. Blam! And then the other guy seems like, see, uh, the other young guy says like, uh-oh, kind of sees he's outclassed. He turns around and he just books it. And Ray maybe runs after him for like 15 feet or so. And then he, as he's, he turns around and as he comes back, you see, and the, the reason I'll, I'll mention this is I think it plays a part later with, that we'll talk about in another episode. You see there's a lady, it looks like, or there's somebody that looks like that they're watching down that side street. And so maybe they've seen what happened. So Ray, um, Ray kind of is making his way back. He goes through this shop. He kind of cuts through a shop. And as he comes out of a shop and he's walking down the street and he's getting ready to go back to his car, he, um, he actually passes Allie. He doesn't notice her, but she notices him. And she like calls to him and he's like, oh, hey. And he gets a huge smile on his face. And then they have a really neat interaction. Um, and again, you see sort of Ray's charm, his sense of humor, uh, how he goes about kind of asking for um, her number. And uh, it's, it's just really neat. So you, you sort of see, you know, kind of him as a regular person. Uh, and then um, she ends up giving him uh, her number. He sees she's wearing like this green uniform and he's like, oh, you're an ambo, meaning like an ambulance person. And she's like, yeah, I'm a paramedic. And they're talking a little bit. And then, uh, like I said, after he gets her number, the guy who's her, her uh, co-worker kind of sticks his head out the window and says, we got a job, Al. And she's like, all right, I got to go. And then, and, that's, and then she takes off. Uh, and then you see as Ray is walking back, he's kind of got like a little happy. You can tell his mood is lifted up and he's kind of happy. And he's got like a little uh, spring in his step, I guess. Maybe that's it. And that's how the episode ends. So all in all, I would say if you don't have Hulu and you do have a way to stream it, I would say it would be worth it uh, for you, even if you just did that week or 14-day trial that they give you, uh, to go ahead, do it. And, and there's some other shows on Hulu that I talked about too uh, in previous shows. But again, we're going to be focusing on Mr. Inbetween and I would say it would be worth it, even if you did it for the free trial, just kind of binge. You can actually binge the shows pretty easy because if, you know, if they're, they're 20, 30 minutes long or, or you know, like 25 to 30 minutes long, so in an hour you can almost get in uh, you know, three, almost three shows depending on the length of the show and stuff like that. And they, the pacing of them is good, uh, especially in... in well, here's, here's what I'll tell you about, and again, this won't necessarily be spoiling any episodes. The writing so far that I've seen 
through uh, season one and season two is excellent. The pacing is excellent. Um, I don't know how much of that has to do with, you know, is it just the writing or is it just, is it just the direction or is it a combination of both, that type of thing? Um, so let's talk a little bit. Uh, so again, I would highly recommend go go check it out. Uh, I I I think uh, if any of this stuff has piqued your interest at all, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. It the show does not, at least that, that I have seen, does not fall into typical formulaic stuff. Um, now the show has has been described as kind of a drama or maybe a. a a crime drama or a crime, maybe almost like thriller. I don't think I would I would name it that or categorize it as something like that. And it's also been uh, described or uh, had the attribute of a dark comedy. I don't know. I think I do not think this is a dark comedy at all. I think it is. A crime. It, it, it is a crime drama that has a lot of funny elements to it. That there, there is some a lot of there's a lot of comedic elements, and the people, some of the characters are are funny. Um, but I think it also goes to like these guys are super quirky, and well, I don't know. There is there is humor. There's a lot of humor that is interspersed through it. And I think that you have a lot of that humor is put in there to kind of lighten the mood. Or I think a lot of the humor, maybe let's look at it this way. I think that, and let me know what you guys think if you, if you watch episode uh, either one or two, because our, our next thing we'll be talking about will be two. Um, let me know. I, th- I think a lot of the humor is used in this to uh, showcase the humanity of the, in- the, the, of the individual characters so that you don't come to see them purely as criminals or as bad guys. So anyway, I tell you what, guys, let me give you the contact info again. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you guys like this. I know that because I haven't put out a bunch of shows recently... I know the numbers have gone down. Hopefully, uh, you know, another way you can support the show, I'd like to get the numbers back up, hopefully by me kind of chugging them out and putting the shows out. Um, Get the word out. I know sometimes I'm a little rambly, but if you don't mind that, uh, you get to maybe spend a little bit more time with me, that type of thing. Uh, Tell some of your friends, share it with people you think might like it. Um, But let me know what you guys think if you've watched it. And let me kind of know, do you think it's a dark comedy? Do you think that's a right classification? Or do you think maybe it's sort of like a subcategory that it fits in, that type of thing? Uh, So anyway, the uh, voicemail, area code 206-745-2731. And the email address to send uh, emails or audio is, or your own audio that you've recorded. And don't worry about length or anything like that. is thearmedape at gmail.com. All right, my friends, I will hopefully uh, be talking to you very, very soon. 
and uh, I, I actually maybe uh, will kind of show a little bit how the sausage is made. I might, while I'm up here, I'm still going to be up here in Flagstaff for a couple more days. So I might try and get three or four more episodes done and then I'll release them and wait. And if I do get feedback, I can stitch those in, but at least I'll have the show sort of done and I can, uh, I can easily kind of stitch in and, and, and add in audio content, all that type of stuff. So, uh, also, well, um, I think I will call it to a close. So my beautiful monkeys and fellow travelers, I will talk to you next time.